Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Today we're continuing our exploration into the new paradigm of business. In my consulting practice, I look at business as a flow of energy because we have a collection of people that form up their collective consciousness and their energy within the business. And then all the other elements that interact with Uh, the people, the stakeholders, that becomes the flow or the quality of the uh, energy going through the business. And it's all, the energy is all there to support the purpose of the business. Looking and assessing a business from the perspective of it being a flow of energy allows us to take a holistic view of the business and really uh, objectively and uh, from a non-judgmental point of view gain a very quick picture of where the energy leakages are and how we can shore up the energy and help the business get back on track and drive towards its purpose. Of course, this topic is uh, far greater than uh, we have space for in uh, the allotted time or however long we spend here on the Alchemy Experience podcast to discuss it. Uh, We have big training programs that we run with corporations on this so it's uh, (laughs) uh, nothing we can run through in a couple of hours but at the same time I want to give you a uh, gist of the perspective of using looking at businesses as uh, a flow of energy as it were so I hope you enjoy it value flows as blood in organizational structure Only truthful values can create a healthy culture. This comes from uh, Sukhat Ratnakar uh, and the book Contras. And as we get into the discussion today, you will understand a little bit more about this quote, but we are talking about business energy or energy flow in business. So whether that applies to you as an entrepreneur or if it applies to you working for someone else or perhaps you are leading a group within a bigger organization or perhaps you are an entrepreneur and you have a small company or medium-sized company. It doesn't really matter. It, it, it does apply to any type of uh, business organization. Um, so what we are looking at in essence is the flow of energy in uh, in an organization and as a matter of fact it can apply to any given group uh, where you have people coming together under an umbrella to achieve a uh, a mutual goal so it could be an action group it could be you know your scout group or (laughs) whatever it may be Uh, I'm choosing today to look at this from a business perspective. And uh, so it's, I suppose you could call it kind of a business feng shui, uh, where we are looking at not necessarily, I don't want to look at solving those uh, kind of the flow issues in a business today. It's more posing questions and posing uh, situations or pointing out uh, aspects to think about so that you for yourself can then look at your the groups that you're involved in and businesses you're involved in uh, to see how you might be able to uh, work on improving the flow within those businesses. Um, and a lot of times it's, we don't really, we well, a lot of times, all the time <laughs> for most people, we don't really think about business as an energy or as an energetic flow. But the fact of the matter is, whenever you have a group of people come together, and we've discussed this on the this podcast before, uh, when we talked about uh, collective energies or collective consciousness for that matter, whenever you have groups coming together, uh, groups of people, like we are here today with this discussion group, uh, or if you're listening to the recording as the podcast, you are part of the group. You're part of the collective energy that is this episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast or this discussion. So when we are looking at the 
a business and the energy of a business, we are at the different elements. So we have, I break it down into elements like stakeholders, supply lines, business systems, uh, policies and rules, locations like offices or factories or production uh, production sites and so forth, the mission and the purpose and communication. So any of these elements have an influence on uh, a business, the business energy or the flow of business energy. So when we're looking at stakeholders, what I mean by that is really any person that has uh, some sort of a stake in the uh, process of the business. So we are talking about employees, we're talking about investors, clients, constituencies, followers, detractors, suppliers, collaborators, right? So there's many people that, or many groups of people that come into contact with the business. So if you if you look at the business as a person, and you take that perspective, a lot of times it becomes a little bit easier to break it down and understand because you as an individual, you're influenced energetically by the people you meet in the shop, uh, other parents of your you know, children, or uh, it might be clubs that you're part of or anything like this, right? So, and of course, you're, if you're working for a company, your boss and so forth, uh, spouse, etc. So what we, when we kind of expand it out and we look at the business, we look at all of these inputs that we have. And of course, the core of the business to begin with are the employees. The energy that the employees bring, that makes up the personality of the business. So we're going to look a little bit closer at those uh, uh, those particular inputs and outputs. Um, and then, of course, we're looking at supply lines. We're looking at, again, uh, business system policies, etc. And these are all factors that will have an implication on the uh, energy of the business. I will, I'll go in and describe that a little bit more in detail as we go along. So essentially, if you take the people out of a business, so as we said, you know, a business, especially if you have a limited company or you're incorporated or so forth, the business is a legal entity. It is a person all of in itself, right? But if you take the humans out of the business, it ceases to function. It ceases to exist. It doesn't have any energy. It can't function on its own. It's not an AI robot. Um, of course, you know, I suppose in the future they might set that up. But right now, uh, we need uh, the the people to uh, energize uh, the business and uh, create forward momentum or backward momentum, however you want to look at it, or whatever the situation might be. But the people create that input and output of energy. Um, so when we are looking at business energy, we're looking at how does the energy flow through the business? Uh, are there uh, aspects that are uh, create stagnation? Are there blockages? Just very similar way that we would look at a, a person. You know, do you have core wounding that is blocking you? Uh, that is creating energetic blockages uh, from you flowing in life. Uh, and we do the same thing here with the business. We're just looking at uh, a much more complex, uh, well, it's not more complex, but they're, they're more uh, kind of moving parts to it. Uh, because every single person that comes into the business, bring they bring their individual energies into the business. So if someone has a, an in, uh, issue at home, for example, they will bring that into the business, even if they try to kind of, they keep that separate, it still affects the way they show up in, in the workplace, they show up in the office, etc. how they interact with uh, 
other stakeholders, be that clients, suppliers, bosses, co-workers, and so forth. So now, most companies, when they start out, they start out with one, two, or several people that have an idea, uh, they have a, pa- a passion project, or they start the business for a reason. There's a reason why the business gets started. And this is where we, we start out and we have to start looking at in order to ascertain <clears throat> the energetic flow of the business. So, you know, what is the purpose and the mission of the business? So if you have a business or you, you're in a business or you're working for someone that has been going for a while, look back at the original intention of the business and see, okay, well, where are we today? How has it changed? Uh, have we strive, kind of gotten away from our original concept? And it, was that the right thing to do? So that then will tell you, okay, are we all kind of driving in the same, same direction here? Or are there some people in the business still laboring under the original intentions, but part of the company or part of the people in the company are um, striving in a different direction. Now we're starting to see that there are groups of people that are uh, striving the business in different directions. And then you get this uh, disparate energy. You don't get the cohesive energy driving in the same direction. so that, that is then going to co- uh, create resistance. It's going to cause uh, the business to not thrive and flow in the way that it could. So when we look at the original or the, the purpose and the mission of business, even if it's an older business, if that mission has changed, the purpose has changed, does it have, pur- or does it have substance? Is there... Or is it merely to, you know, is the business merely set up to make money? Is the business set up to just uh, give return on investment to investors? Now, that probably makes the investors very happy if the business is successful. But from an energetic point of view, you know, can the, the constituencies, the people that are around uh, the business that are uh, perhaps the you know in the community can they subscribe to that uh, that kind of a purpose? Do, can they get a buy behind that? Or the suppliers who are being pushed to lower their prices and uh, make their uh, production lines more efficient and uh, increase uh, the ability to deliver. Uh, uh, have just-in-time deliveries and so forth, they're not necessarily going to be able to get behind that. So then you get that type of uh, uh, blockage as well. You get that resistance again because not everybody can subscribe or get behind this kind of a purpose. Now, if you go and look at a more broadly defined purpose, where we are looking at, you include people, places, and profits, um, then you can start looking at uh, other constituencies or other stakeholders uh, getting behind them. So what we want to do when we're looking at the mission or uh, purpose is to have something that everybody can get behind. That's when we're going to have the best flow, and that's when we are going to get people and supporters that aren't necessarily customers that are going going to be able to get behind us. Uh, We are going to have cheerleaders that are out there because they simply like what we're doing. And that creates uh, that follow-on effect, flow of energy from the outside that comes in and energizes the business because now uh, the employees are proud to work there because people around them are saying, oh, wow, that's fantastic. You're working for that company. Oh, I love them. I love what they do, right? So it creates that positive energy as opposed to, uh, you know, working in a business that perhaps is solely focused on return on investment to um, to, um, shareholders. 
People might feel that's greedy. Uh, they'll have opinions about it. They'll have judgments about it. Uh, and then perhaps the employees that are not necessarily resonating with that anymore will feel uh, that working in that business is not, not no longer viable. Uh, but for as long as they're there, they're, they're not going to bring the best energy into the business, are they? So does the purpose and the mission resonate with your stakeholders? That's a really important and a key uh, question to ask. And don't be afraid to go, go and ask your stakeholders. Does this resonate with you? And if you are in the changing and shifting your business into a more of a purpose-driven uh, organization, perhaps going away from uh, looking at purely the bottom line, but starting to look at, okay, well, what are we doing for the environment? Well, what are we doing to help uh, social issues and so forth? Uh, then taking, uh, of course, you're going to have then shareholders, for example, uh, investors, they're going to say, well, no, I want my return on my investments. And then you might turn around and say, well, Actually, we need to look after all our constituencies, so we are going to have to make some sacrifices here uh, for long-term gain. Uh, oftentimes, a lot of investors, uh, are, or some investors, are looking for short-term gains. Now, when we are making those changes and we're shifting into you know, a new direction, as it were, that's when we're going to find that we're going to shed some people, we're going to shed some uh, stakeholders that are no longer uh, subscribing, or they're rather, they're not subscribing to the new direction. But that also uh, frees up energy to attract those that are uh, kind of behind the new direction. So when we are in a process of change, we should never be afraid of losing some in order to gain some, as it were. And it's all about creating a cohesive flow of energy uh, in, the, uh, in the direction we're looking to flow. Uh, if we're looking at, uh, for example, Ikigai, which is the Japanese concept of uh, how to, you know, it's kind of targeted towards individuals, but I'm applying it to a more, more of a business organization here. So look at, you know, the purpose. What does the business love to do? What is it that we love doing? Uh, and you look at it as a collective, the people that are working there, what can they get behind? You know, what skills and resources do we have in the business? You know, what is it the, the market needs? Perhaps our business has been going down because the buying decisions of our clients has shifted, has changed. So perhaps they're now looking at having the product say something about them. So, for example, I like to buy Puka teas. Uh, I like the mission they have. I like the, uh, the, the kind of purpose. they. So I can, as a customer, I get behind that. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's good, better quality, I feel. And it makes me feel good that I'm supporting a business that is doing something uh, for people and planet and so forth. Um, so now, for, from your purpose, uh, from your perspective, has your constituency changed or is there a market out there that has been untapped by anybody um, and that hasn't been looking at these kind of buying decisions out there? So what is it that uh, people need, right? And what is it that they're willing to pay for it? or what are the products and services they are willing to pay for. So just looking at shifting our purpose and mission, uh, we need to take a look at that. So we're not focusing purely on profits. We're starting to look at a more broader perspective of um, how we can uh, set up our business mission and purpose. And like I was mentioning here with the example of uh, puka herbs or puka teas, you know, when a customer buys something from us or they buy a service, what does that tell 
or rather, what does it tell their environment, the people around them, what does it tell them about them as a person? Uh, do they care about it? Uh, if we go out and communicate that we are, say we manufacture clothing, we're fashion designers and we manufacture the clothing. Now, do we go back into the uh, supply line and make sure that we are ethical and we have uh, pay fair wages and so forth? If we go out and com communicate that, granted our clothing might be a little more expensive, but is that something that matters to our customers? Because a lot of times when we buy stuff, think about yourselves, when you buy something, is that uh, in that buying decision, is that allowing, or rather, do we expect that to say something about us? Does it make us feel good in some way, emotionally, being a customer of that company? And that's, of course, coming down to uh, loyalty as well, customer loyalty. So in my view, being able to create a purposeful or a more deeper or deeper purpose in our mission and our goals as a business does create an emotional connection with our stakeholders, allows uh, us to create a much more loyal following and loyal customer base. And if we are doing it, the, doing it from uh, the right, uh, right perspective, as it were, charging a little bit more in order to be able to uh, provide guarantees for, uh, you know, production, fair wages, uh, you know, being environmentally friendly and so forth, uh, that the marketplace will bear that. And at the end of the day, if we have a loyal customer base, then we have a more sustainable business. Now, granted, we may not make as much money in the short term as we would if we were just squeezing as much out of the, uh, the production line as we could, but we would also not have as a loyal uh, customer base as we may otherwise. So looking at, uh, so you're seeing what I'm trying to do here. It's just posing some of these questions and uh, throwing out nuggets that for you to start questioning or looking at your own situation. Well, how am I doing this? How could I change this? Whether you are working for someone else or you're self-employed, you have a small business or you're some sole entrepreneur. Uh, because we all make these kind of decisions every day anyway. So when we're looking at uh, people, based on the mission and the purpose that we have, we, that kind of sets the, the platform for the energetic flow of the business. So now if we say we, you know, if you look at Patagonia, for example, they have a very strong uh, social justice uh, charter in their business. Now, they attract people that get behind that, that want to support that. Now, what kind of people are you attracting as a business or as a business manager or just uh, as a bigger company? What type of people are you attracting? And just keep in mind now, when I'm talking about people, I'm talking about stakeholders. So I'm talking about employees, I'm talking about investors, clients, constituencies, followers, uh, detractors, suppliers, uh, collaborators, and so forth. Because these are all people that are going to have an influence on, on us, us as a business. What kind of people are we attracting? And are we retaining the right people? Are we retaining the right clients? Are we retaining the, uh, the right suppliers and so forth? Because if we are in it for the right reasons, we will sustain those kind of relationships longer. And if we have the right flow of energy and we are transparent, we are uh, communicating, 
we're doing all of those things, we, we will have a more sustainable business even through the hard times. There are so many examples of really good businesses that focus on the right things that even in the pandemic, you know, they doubled or tripled their revenues because they had those loyal followings. They had the loyal stakeholders. Um, and just having that stability creates that long-term uh, viability for the business. Now, and if you're not attracting the right people or the right stakeholders, why is that? What is it that you could do differently in order to start attracting the right people? So looking at energetically of the business, you're looking at the, you know, your purpose and your mission and all that, is that set up in a way that reflects your values and your authenticity? If it's not, then start looking at that. You know, what is it that I can work on myself to allow myself, me to uh, attract the right people to support me in my mission? Because everybody has to get behind your mission and believe in your mission in order to uh, be attracted to it. When we're looking at the stakeholders, are we all striving towards the same goal? Now, if we're looking at employees, that might be easy to look at. Okay, are most of the employees that we work with, are they showing up simply to get a paycheck? Are they there to uh, kind of get a foothold on the career ladder in order to go somewhere else? Uh, so there might be a lot of different reasons why people are uh, gravitating towards your business. You know, suppliers might feel that you pay a little bit better than someone else or the someone, it might simply be they like working with you as a person. Whatever it is, have a look at it and see are these purposes or the, these reasons and motivations, are they disparate? What we want in the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, is for everybody to come together and drive towards the same goal. So if our goal is, again, we use the example of being a fashion uh, company, we're producing clothing, fashionable clothing, and our purpose is to create uh, environmentally friendly, uh, socially sustainable uh, clothing, that, uh, fashionable clothing. So something that looks good, that has been produced by ethical means, that is uh, environmentally sustainable and so forth. Is everybody in the business or uh, stakeholders, are they gravitating towards that because they subscribe to that? Uh, if they're not, then perhaps those, those are aspects of that energy doesn't permeate the business uh, because it's just kind of something that is mentioned and it's not empowered, it's not embodied by the business. And it's the same thing, you know, if, uh, if I'm walking around and I'm holding a lot of anger within me, then I'm embodying anger, right? That will be shown in the way I interact with other people. Now, I might be, uh, if I show up and I show a happy face, but I still hold the anger within me, then I'm still going, it's still going to come through uh, once uh, time and time again. The happiness that I show up on the outside is not really reflective of how I authentically and generally feel. So this is uh, the comparison to the individual. And how can I take that energy of what I want the business to be to permeate and to have the body uh, or the business embody uh, those energies to show all the stakeholders that these are all the uh, characteristics that define us as a business. And we also want to look at, we also want that to go down on a on the level, so when we're talking about salespeople, that they have that drive too, 
that they're out talking about that. Uh, we want that to be on uh, customer service, to reflect that in customer service. So it's really permeating every aspect of our business because that then becomes the energy of the business, right? And do we know all our stakeholders? As I said before, ask the question, do, do we know why they are doing business with us? Do we know why they are employed by us? So always seeking to have that open conversation uh, will then create a level of trust. It will create a level of uh, communication that we can have on an ongoing basis that then allows us to have a better flow of energy through the business because we can, if the way that we want to conduct the business isn't conveyed to the stakeholders, that will then show up in that communication. So the supplier says, well, you pay better than uh, the guys in the ne uh, next door. And then you can say, okay, well, that's good. I'm happy we can help you out. But are you subscribing to any of these? Uh, perhaps we don't know them well enough and perhaps we haven't looked at their manufacturing practices. So in fact, they might not be paying fair, fair wages. They may not be environmentally friendly and so forth. So we need to spend time looking all the way down to, the, the, to get to know all the stakeholders, you know, our investors. Do we know them? Do we know what they stand for? Uh, so it's really important to knowing the stakeholders uh, in order to, uh, because they input energy into the business as well as uh, when we output that energy that will then determine if people are interested in buying our products, right? So we're looking at uh, policies um, and policies can really make or break the energy in the business. Uh, you know, do they reflect the business? Do we uh, do they coach, promote, and encourage, as opposed to uh, prevent, punish, and limit? The are they protecting the business or the individuals? You know, do they uh, do they frustrate? I mean, how many times have <laughs> people have said, "Oh, oh, these HR policies—they're just there to cause issues for me," right? Uh, so we want to look at when we create policies, they need to be created. They need to grow out organically from the mission and the purpose of the business. You know, if we are looking to give fair wages to the people that manufacture, if we have suppliers, for example, that manufacture the, the products that we sell, of course, we need to have that reflected in the policies within the company itself, our own company, uh, for the people that work directly for us. Um, you know, are we looking at them as individuals? Or are we looking at them as just resources that are working within the business? Or are some business even look at them as personal cost. So they're, they're a cost center, right? Um, how can we look at, how can the policies be created so that we are looking at the individuals as individuals and that we protect the individuals as opposed to protecting the business? Um, and once we do that, we create policies that people are able to subscribe to. Employees can feel that they're protected, they're taken care of then now we're creating loyalty. Now people are going to be proud to work for a business because it is consistent throughout the business what the business is about. It's not just about making money. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's now becoming momentum. It was becoming a, a, a kind of a campaign. It's becoming something bigger than ourselves. And we might be proud to work for someone like that. So if we have these policies that are there to help us and not to uh, stagnate or create stagnation, uh, then that is going to help flow 
the flow of energy in the business. Now, systems is another thing, and it's akin to policies. Uh, I've worked with a lot of different business systems in my days, whether they be accounting or uh, just uh, kind of office products or database systems. And they can be some of the frustrated, most frustrating things there are. So if you have employees that are spending their days being frustrated with the tools that are their primary business tools, then that is not going to create the best flow of energy. It's not going to create, <laughs> allow them to hold a frequency that is very high. Now, someone who comes into a business and holds a low frequency is going to become part of the resistance, going to be part of that blockage of energy. So what we're trying to do, of course, is to create systems and policies and so forth to allow individuals in the business, uh, stakeholders, to be of highest frequency possible because that will then allow for a better flow of energy. So are the systems helping the individuals to stay in flow? Do they feel that, oh, this is easy. I'm, this is helping my work. It's helping me do the best I can. Now, something that most small businesses don't think, of, think about, but do these, these systems feed useful data? Does it give us good data to understand and to know our systems and to understand and know the people that interact with these systems, whether it might be, uh, you know, a sign-up form on a website or it might be a uh, supply chain order form or a customer order form or whatever it may be. They're all interaction points with our stakeholders that is an opportunity to learn something about them. So looking over those kind of systems and understanding them uh, will then allow us to uh, learn more about these uh, businesses and will allow us to identify challenges uh, at an earlier stage before it comes to a head and it becomes a problem. And again, it creates for that better flow of energy through the business. Now, of course, if we work in an office that is, you know, I almost said 50 shades of gray, but I wasn't going to say that. But if we work in an office that are just several shades of gray or brown or uh, just dull colors, uh, unimaginative, uh, perhaps it's just, you know, uh, kind of plain and boring, it's not going to be very. Uh, invigorating. It's not going to be very inspiring. We, we are humans and we do take impression through our eyes, our nose, our mouth, our uh, hearing, the way we feel. So when we sit in an environment that is uninspiring, then that is going to lower our frequency. It's going to lower our energy and we're not going to show up as the best version of ourselves. And so coming into uh, an office space where perhaps there's a lot of light, there's a lot of color, there's uh, soft music or tones playing in the background, there uh, are uh, pleasant smells in the air. And of course, here we almost always have to find a balance because not everybody is going to enjoy the same type of uh, sounds or smells or so forth. So we, we have to find a balance. We have to find something that is appealing to everybody. Um, you know, you can, a lot of offices I go into, I see there is the news playing, for example. Now, what do they show on the news? Well, it's not good news. I can tell you that. So, when you're sitting there and you're being fed this information through your senses, it's not going to raise your vibration. It's not going to raise, help raise your frequency. So you're going to, again, bring a lower level of energy into the business. 
Now, perhaps you can have, uh, you know, magazines that are, uh, like I subscribe to Positive News, for example. Those kind of, have those kind of uh, magazines laying around and play perhaps a, a channel that has more of a positive, uh, positive message, as it were. Um, so looking at all the aspects within the, in the environments that people interact, and look at how do people flow through these uh, offices or production units and so forth. All, and I, I think if you look at uh, Silicon Valley, they've really taken this to heart. So Google, for example, they will look at where people uh, inter or kind of meet uh, by random in the offices, you know, like the water cooler, for example and creating opportunities for people to collaborate in those moments. Because oftentimes, it, you get up from your desk, you walk over to the canteen or something, and you're just going to get a cup of coffee. You see someone, and seeing that person then triggers a thought within you. Oh, right, I was going to talk to that person about this thing. They walk over, and they can solve a challenge right there and then. I'm just looking at how does... People, how do people flow through these uh, different locations and how can we create a positive uh, interaction between people as they flow through this? Um, now we have a question here in the comments. What is the best way to be an ethical consumers, consumer? Uh, how do you do research? I like to support businesses which, uh, which are in line with my values. Um, Absolutely, militia. It is one of those challenges. And this is where it is really important. And we'll come to this actually in the couple of minutes here. Uh, but looking at businesses that are transparent and seeing, you know, looking at their, uh, what they state as uh, what they are, essentially the description of their personality, their energy, does that uh, follow through all the way to, down to the production line? So just doing research on, on uh, uh, through media or articles and so forth, there are, if you look at, uh, I suppose, Hennessy Maritz, for example, they had a lot of problem with uh, uh, child labor. They had a lot of problem with... Uh, not paying the uh, wages enough uh, or the, the workers enough. So taking a look at, okay, well, if they're now saying they're doing all the right things, are they actually doing it? And a lot of times that can be really, really challenging. But I think a lot of these things do come up to the surface eventually. So if someone says they are something and they're making a strong statement about it and they are communicated very strongly and broadly, then there will be someone who says, uh, no, actually, I don't agree with that because of this and this and this. Now, of course, there are a lot of fake news flowing around out there. So there might be someone who's just got a beef with a particular company. And that way, you know, as I talked about before, detractors, uh, you know, they're always going to be detractors for whatever, even if you you know, are the most saintly company out there, they're going to be detractors because they feel they've been unfairly treated or whatever it may be. So we always have to look at, okay, is that a detractor who's just disgruntled or is there substance to their uh, what they're saying? So, yeah, uh, I have the same challenge, Melissa. Uh, I always have to... I always want to make sure I'm buying from uh, ethical companies um, and, you know, finding out whether they are or not. Um, so it's, uh, it is a challenge. I agree. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we talked about the locations and uh, are we inspired by the location that we're working in? Are we, you know, uh, looking at the interior design, if you like, is that, is that in line with, what we uh, what inspires us do we feel good about it do we come to the office and we feel uplifted as it were uh, supply lines so we've talked a fair bit about supply lines 
but I think here it's really a lot of companies kind of uh, close their eyes to their supply lines because they, they feel, well, it's there. As long as I say this is how I want it, they have to follow it. And if they don't, well, they're not part of my company. Well, as a matter of fact, anyone who interacts with your company is part of your company. Anyone who interacts with uh, you know, the company that you work for uh, is part of that business. Um, so when we're looking at supply lines, if you are on the operational end, taking time to really go down the line. You know, who are you buying from? Well, go and visit that person. Well, who are they buying from? Well, go and visit that person. If you are directly connected uh, or you're not directly connected with the factory, then go through all the, li the lines that you have to go through or the points and go and visit the ultimate factory where your products are being manufactured. You know, who, who's transporting them? How are they being transported? Uh, the transportation company, how do they treat their employees? How do they treat the environment? Is there a different way that you could transport the goods? You know, put, put your power into your, uh, your supply line. You know, perhaps it is cheaper and more environmentally friendly to have your stuff flown as opposed to on a tanker who's spewing out <laughs> a lot of uh, diesel into the oceans. I don't know. But looking at different alternatives and saying, well, this is going to work for us. Let's change this. And looking at, you know, the price point, what is going to work here? Uh, so really being diligent and doing your due diligence about going into your supply lines and looking at what, what is reflected in your mission statement and your purpose um, and how, because the last thing you want to do is to go out and communicate something to your stakeholders that this is what we stand for and not being able to back it up. So being caught with your pants down, as it were, is not a good idea because that is then going to lose that trust. It's going to lose your, uh, the confidence in your, uh, with your stakeholders. And, uh, you know, if you are taking a position, there's always someone who's going to be keen to expose uh, any weakness in that position. So that's why I'm saying your detractors are equally as part, much part of the flow of your business um, as your followers. Um, so, and I, do you know your, these suppliers? Uh, always try to get as close to the production point as you can, eliminating all the uh, middlemen or middlewomen. Uh, and, uh, you know, are they, do they hold the same values you do? Are they looking to communicate uh, the same values that you do? And always trust, you know, if they don't, then cut them loose and start attracting someone they will, because they will be. Um, and perhaps, you know, we always, businesses always think that, oh, we go to uh, developing countries and we'll get everything cheaper there. But perhaps it's an idea to look more locally and what you save from poor quality or uh, poor quality control, I should say, um, and transportation and so forth, environmental impacts and so forth. If you do a proper analysis of it, it might turn out to be a lot cheaper in the end to uh, produce it locally. So always take a look at that. Look at how does this support the purpose and the mission within our business? And of course, Communication, and we talked about this as well. That are you congruent in the messaging that you're putting out, and how you're acting as a business? You know, if I'm as a person going out saying I'm I'm the nicest, kindest person there is, uh, but meanwhile I'm at home and I'm screaming, yelling at people in my family, and being mean and not being a nice person at all, then 
that will probably come out eventually. Uh, you know, holding up a facade doesn't hold up in the long term. And I'm being incongruent, and that will shine through. So being congruent and looking at the platform we built from, is that permeating the entire business? Are all the goals and op uh, objectives and all the different uh, departments and groups and so forth, and all the stakeholders, is that reflected? So, uh, and am I being transparent? If I have a problem in my business, if there is a supplier that is not reflecting uh, my values, am I brave enough to go out and communicate that? And say, listen, we have a problem with this supplier. We're going to change. It might take a little while, but we've identified it and we're dealing with it. I think stakeholders a lot of times give a lot of credit to businesses that are able to kind of own up before they get caught. So if you're being transparent, there's a lot of uh, leeway or a lot of slack that stakeholders will cut. But if you get caught and trying to hide it, then you're going to lose that trust. So now you can understand if we have this transparency and we, we go out and we communicate something before it blows up in our face, that's then going to help that energy through the business and people are going to feel good about the fact that, oh, well, we can trust these people that if there's a problem, they're going to say it and they're going to do something about it. That's going to create that nice flow in the business. They're going to allow things to flow without resistance. Um, and of course, communicating our unique selling proposition or the USP as it's called, um, or the UPP, which I wrote an article about the unique, unique purpose proposition, uh, and being able to, so that people, the stakeholders are innately aware of where you're coming from as a business or an entrepreneur or you know, whatever it may be, so that they feel that, okay, I'm, I can stand behind this 100%. And the beauty of this is once you get, once we build up that kind of uh, energy in the business, people now start, well, people will gravitate towards business that reflect those same values and same ethics. People are going to want to buy from you. People are going to want to work with you. People are want to, going to want to invest in you because they all line up with the same ideals and the same purpose. And now people are not showing up. And of course, there are always going to be these challenges. And we can, I'm going to talk in another episode about compassionate leadership and coaching. There are always going to be people that show up at work and having problems at home. But then that needs to be part of the policy within the business that managers are there to help, to help that person move through those challenges, whatever it may be, so that they can then come back to uh, with the focus on what the ultimate goal of the group is, so that we have a cohesive flow of energy in the same direction. So now the beauty of this is, of course, that, like I said in the beginning, we're going to start generating followers that just like us, just likes the business. They're not buying from us. But they help promote the business. They help promote it. They help referrals or references, what have you, because they like what we do. So it's the same thing if you have a person who people gravitate towards who has a beautiful energy, that you're just going to have people that enjoy being around that person. And they're going to tell others about this person. Oh, you should meet this person. He is such a, a nice person or he is such a beautiful energy, right? Now, if you have someone who doesn't have a nice energy or kind of greedy and selfish and so forth, there are some people that need to work with that person and that's fine. But then is, you're not going to have that same flow for this person, right? 
he's gonna he or she is going to have to struggle and kind of fight more for the uh, the crumbs as it were so if we are able to create this cohesive flow of energy through the business cohesive business energy we are going to create a momentum that is going to be organic now the challenge is that when we oftentimes you see with startups they start out like that you get all these people that are behind it they might even join for a low salary they get stock options what have you but they they believe in the purpose of the business now five seven years down the line things have changed because we are still kind of working on that same original energy but now things have kind of morphed and changed and evolved and you know people are some people are moving in a slightly different direction so it's always important that we go in and we look over our business constantly and have a sense and know our business constantly so that we can make adjustments so that we know perhaps it's time for a complete shift or perhaps there's just one department that needs a little bit of a tweak perhaps there's uh, uh, some unwanted energy that's worked their way into uh, to that department or whatever it may be um, so it's always important to continuously and this is something with business plans in general a lot of people write the business plan and they start the business and it's all hunky-dory and then they put the plan on the on the shelf or they put it in archives never to be seen again but a business plan is an organic document it's something that you constantly working with and updating and tweaking and to reflect your personality to reflect your authenticity because it changes all the time too and we evolve as human beings businesses do too now is the business evolving in a direction that is for the highest good of itself well perhaps not and then we have to look at is it still reflecting that core the core values that we set up from the get-go or do we need to update those core values Right? So there's a lot of different things to uh, look at here. Um, you know, some in terms of uh, uh, personnel, one thing we can look at, for example, is team building. What kind of team building do we do? Uh, is the idea of team building pub nights out, go out drinking and wake up with a hangover? Is that team building? Or we're we looking at more, you know, uh, things that is uh, are going to help evolve the individuals, like uh, like I know they do at Mind Valley, for example. They have an open uh, Amazon uh, order, so people can order books on Amazon, and uh, the they belong to the business as well. And you can just read your books, right? Uh, or have set aside time for personal development, for further education, whatever it may be. Uh, so looking at, and I'm not saying, saying one thing is better than the other, I think, well, actually I am. Uh, I think pub nights are uh, useful for the very short term, but uh, I think long term, it's uh, they're not as useful. Uh, so looking more at, you know, do we, what we do for the, the team as a ex, kind of externally is that reflected in what we stand for as a business. Not everybody's going to enjoy going on meditation retreats. Well, perhaps you create different uh, options. Perhaps there's uh, uh, people that enjoy sports. So you, you create something that works for everybody, right? But the, the idea here is that all the activities we take as a business we have them reflect the values of the business to help build up that flow, to help build up the frequency within the individuals. Thank you for letting me entertain you this afternoon here in the UK in a way, and I wish you all the best. Take care now.
Bye. Once you get used to the idea of just perceiving and visualizing business from this perspective, uh, you can see how you get a very uh, quick overview and you can easily see where things are not working out and where they are working well. And having this perspective also compels leaders to continuously and consistently uh, look over their business and see where things are working out when they aren't working out. And they, you go straight to the source of or the root of the problem as opposed to just padding things here and there, creating training programs that are ineffective and so forth. And it really uh, goes back to that we have to constantly review our businesses and how what direction we're taking them are we getting off track are we moving in the original direction do we need to change with the uh, prevailing uh, environment that we operate within and so forth uh, oftentimes we end up stagnating and that's that's where we come up against uh, these problems and if you're a business owner an entrepreneur and uh, you want to some assistance and helping to kind of work through this process and learn how you can apply it to your own business then please contact us at the alchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, click on our uh, the link at the bottom right that uh, takes you to booking a 30 minute free consultation with us and uh, yeah we we'll hope uh, we might meet you there otherwise we'll see you next week at uh, the next episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. In the meantime, take care and enjoy.